Welcome back, everyone, to episode 23. Today is part two of my interview with Prophet Joe Naughton, and it is titled The Battle of the Heart. Prophet Joe is an author and pastor from the United Kingdom, and she has made it her life's mission to accept the call of God over her life to serve her community and the nations through the ministry of the heart by leading the masses to Jesus to have encounters of healing and of restoration. In this episode, I interviewed her about some hard-hitting topics of the heart, like why do our hearts deceive us? The more that you get your heart healed, the more that you clean your heart, the more that you allow God to do a deep work in your heart, the less your heart deceives you. She also answers why the Bible says that we should guard our hearts. The most effective way of really looking after our hearts is saying, Lord, I surrender my heart to you. We also get to talk about boundaries and the benefits that come from having them. The safest place that you can be is in the center of the call of God on your life. The heart is the core of emotions. This includes fear, trust, forgiveness, and pain. So it's important to pay attention to what's going on within our hearts and to be aware of who has access to it. This episode is packed with so much needed wisdom and truth. I have no doubt that by the end of it, you will be more than capable to make the necessary changes to establish peace in your heart. So let the journey begin. This is part two with Prophet Joe Naughton. Give it up for her. We're, we're literally like Oprah Winfrey or <laughs> we're, we're like, all right, let's get this talk show going. All right. So Prophet Joe, we owe, you know, you are known for so many things around healing and a lot of it has to do with the heart. So I want to talk about the heart today. Um, the heart is one of the most it's one of those topics when it comes to the Bible that I think a lot of people are like, I think I know about it, but I don't know about it. You know, like, oh, you know, in other words, you know, the two verses that people always battle is, all right, guard your heart for everything flows from it. Everything you do flows from it. But then don't trust your heart. Your heart can deceive you. Your heart can lie to you. And so people start saying, am I supposed to be friends with my heart am i supposed to be against it it's like why would i want to clean a heart that's gonna lie to me it's like people end up having these you know especially me working with young people they they, they love to you know connect things together you know young honestly I, I have a lot of young people that love watching uh like crime documentaries you yes. know yeah they're like oh yeah and and you know when i ask them like oh does that do those things scare you or creep you out? Oh yeah. Like now I can't go to sleep and I'm afraid of what's going to happen when I go out and I'm like, "Why do you watch it?" Because I love the 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 the, the puzzling, you know, the pieces together. And so, I think the heart in itself is a puzzle. Yes, it is. It's something that fascinates people. Is it about love? Is it about hate? Is it about is it about connection? It's what is it that's so special about the heart? And why did God give us a heart? Like why you know it, 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 it would it not be easier to just be robots and say yes, Lord? You know why give us emotions that often betray us? Why why give us these characteristics at all? Because we begin to wonder can i ever even be good enough for what god has planned for me and what god has ahead for me if i am an emotional broken crazy wild person so i know that was a long intro <laughs> but what is it about the heart that's so special well the first thing is you said why did god give us a heart yeah why well because you and i are made in the image of god yeah and god is a spirit Mm -hmm. But he has a heart. He has a soul. Yeah. We were made in the image of God. And yeah. so he gave us a heart because he is a God with such a huge heart. Yeah. And you see, you were talking about some of the negative sides of the heart. But you've got to yeah. remember that when God yeah. created man, he didn't create man thinking, well, let me adapt him slightly because I know he's going to sin. Yeah. No. Yeah. God created us in his image. So 
your heart and my heart, all of our hearts were made for the giving and receiving of love. Mm. Your heart was made so that you can fellowship. Yeah. You see, we serve an emotional God. Yeah. Now you're saying about emotions. We see, we see grief. Yeah. We see joy. Yes. We see delight. These are all God's emotions. Yeah. We see regret. We see heartbreak. There are so many emotions that we yeah. see God expressing. So we have a heart because God has a heart. Yeah. Now, you asked a great question, which you said some of the young people ask, which is, why would I want to look after or clean a heart which is just going to deceive me anyway? Yeah. So this is the thing. The more that you get your heart healed, the more that you clean your heart, the more that you allow God to do a deep work in your heart, the less your heart deceives you. Mm. The less it's able to lie to you. Yeah. You see, my heart used to lie to me all the time. It would say, Joe, you're great. Yeah. And I felt like a mess. Yeah. It would say, you're disgusting. When God said, I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. But the more I've been healed, the more, the more that God's dealt with rejection, betrayal, defilement, heartbreak, grief, and the more he's healed me, yeah. the more I'm now aware that it's very rare, yeah. honestly and truthfully. Yeah. And I say this with humility, but it's very rare that my heart lies to me now. Yeah, because you have allowed God to heal you. And so, you know, the heart can be very deceptive because that is usually where the wounds are. You know, the wounds don't hit the heart. The wounds don't attack, you know, anywhere else but the heart. That's and right. so that's why the word says guard your heart, you know, to be careful so that you're not so wounded that your heart can consistently deceive you. So therefore, now these verses that seemed oppositional now come together and it's because of that mystery that we often hide within ourselves that's called the wounds yeah and, yeah. and i just want to touch on this word guard yeah because we all think when it says guard your heart that mean that means put up a hundred walls mm -hmm. protect yourself don't get too close to anyone yeah but you see that word guard when you look at it in the hebrew yeah think of it like the way you would look after a garden mm-hmm or your backyard. Yeah. It means tend to. Tend to it. Serve it. Look after. Mm. Serve. Mm, look at that. Take care of. Yeah. Prioritize. Your heart. Your heart. Wow. And the way that we guard it is by prioritizing it. Wow. By going before the Lord and saying, search me. Try me. What did King David say? I love this. Psalm 139. Right? At the beginning, he says, Lord, you know me. You know me completely. You know my going in, my going out. He says, search me. Yeah. Look. And then he describes how well God knows him. Yeah. You know, a thought before I think it, a word before it's on my tongue, you know, my rising, my sitting. But then he ends the very same psalm saying, Lord, search me. Yeah. Try me. Wow. In other words... The most effective way of really looking after our hearts is saying, Lord, I surrender my heart to you. Wow. Let, letting God be the gardener to your garden. Yes. Lord, reveal any hurts. I remember coming out of 2020. We went through a lot of storms in our church. Yeah. Like virtually every church was shaken that year. Yeah. And we went through a lot. And I remember getting towards the end of the year and I felt like I'd been mainly healed of a lot of things that went flying, accusations, all these different things. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of dishonor released in the body of Christ in 2020. Yeah. And we got our fair share of dishonor thrown at us. Mm. And so, you know, I'd been bringing it before the Lord, asking him to heal me, you know, watching my daughter go through it with us, asking me to heal, uh, Lord, heal my heart for the fact that my daughter had to see it all, heal her heart. So there were so many different ways I was saying, Lord, heal me. Yeah. But then we were coming near to Christmas. And I said, Lord, I don't want to bring 
any of the pain of this year into the new year. So I said, Lord, if there's anything left, bring it to the surface. I don't know, but I know we went through a lot. Yeah. And I have this feeling that I'm still not fully healed. And a couple of days later, we were having what we call family cell. So we come together as a family and we just worship and some prayer and a little word and it's just a time together. My daughter was leading worship on the guitar. And suddenly, I'm in family cell. You know, here I am with my children. I'm the grown-up. Yeah. And this pain just comes to the surface. And I'm like, Lord, this isn't the best moment. <laughs> I don't want to, like, spill this out in front of my children. Yeah. I said, Lord, if you've raised it now, then you know best. You know and best. I just burst into tears. Wow. In front of my son, my daughter... My husband came over, put his arm around me, and I just cried. Wow. And God healed me. Wow. And you see, that was pain I didn't know was there. Yeah. And you know, the moment's the right moment. So many times we think, oh, this isn't a convenient moment. This person's there. I'm a leader. I'm on duty. I'm behind yeah. a camera. Yeah. You know, I'm the sound technician. I can't cry now. We've got to realize that God knows the right moment. Do you mm. know what? Three weeks later, I was ministering in my church a healing message because, of course, at home, I minister all sorts of different things. It's not always yeah. what I go out to the world with. Yeah. And I'm ministering a healing message. My daughter's crying from start to finish. And I was talking about the presence of the Lord is there to heal in a moment. Luke 5, 17. Mm -hmm. On the way home, she's still crying. And then she said to me, you know what, Mommy? You need to know. I didn't allow my pain out in front of everyone, because she was always very private. She didn't like people yeah. to see her stuff. Yeah. PK, pastor's kid. Yeah. I don't want everyone to see me cry. Yeah. She said, the reason I allowed God to heal me in church today was because you allowed God to heal you in front of us. Wow. Wow. We never know why God picks the moment. And I want everyone to remember this. <laughs> Yeah. Never bottle the tears because of who's next to you. Because the one next to you might be the very person who needs to see you get healed. You know, if I'll be willing to pray and be strong in front of people to be a good example, yeah. I better be willing to be a good example and get healed when God does chooses to reveal. Wow. Wow. And, and, and you know, you, right there, you almost leave me speechless in the sense of, you know, I feel like we could wrap up the podcast right there. <laughs> like, I, I feel like, all right, you know, done. That That's perfect. You know, the heart guys. All right. Like, um, but in reality, wow. You know, um, one thing that I've always loved about you is that you use your testimony. You use your, your own personal experience, which is the best story of them all when it comes to when a preacher is able to share a word right after the Bible, it's their personal testimony and being vulnerable and being so humble to do that really does make a lot. And I love that you have taught us right now in this moment, let God pick the moment. God picks the moment. And I, and I can say there are moments where I feel that people are feeling it. Like I really want to cry right now. Or, you know, the prophet Joe makes a calling and says, lift up your hand right now. If you're suffering, and you're just like, I am, but I don't want to lift up my hand because I don't want my peers to see. I don't want my friends to see. I don't want other people to see. But those are the moments that I believe are the most opportunistic because I believe God is taking you out of your comfort. And when he takes you out of your comfort, there's a vulnerability to his spirit in your life. And, you know, getting wounded in the heart is so difficult it, 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 the first thing that people think of when they get hurt after trusting someone is, I won't trust. I won't trust again. I won't believe again. I won't be like this again. As a pastor, I will not do this again. I will not do that again. When in reality, most of the times, trusting and loving wasn't the wrong thing you did, but it was the individual that made a decision to perhaps betray you, hurt you, speak against you, accuse you and so on and so forth. But yet the enemy tries to convince us, hey, it's your fault, not their fault, you know? And so when it gets into relationships and friendships, what would you say 
because of course healing is always the goal but what would you say what would you do in the position of when you have a friend or an individual that loses your trust <laughs> you know because some people say i'll never trust them again mm. others say the love of the lord trust them again uh trust them now again but there has to be this balance of have they changed have they have they become someone you knew are they actually regretful for what they did and so on and so forth what advice would you give to anyone out there that may be hurt with a friend or a relationship mm. and they don't want to trust them again mm. but perhaps that friend or that individual wants to get back in their life what would you advise well first of all i would differentiate yeah between forgiveness and trust okay forgiveness is non-negotiable yeah if i don't forgive i will not be forgiven yes and who knows whether unforgiveness can keep us out of heaven yeah but it's serious yeah so forgiveness is non-negotiable how do i know if i've forgiven because we have to cover this to get to trust of course how do i know if i've forgiven i talk about the smile test the smile test you shut your eyes. Okay. You picture that person's face. Mm -hmm. Can I, from my heart, smile with warmth and love yeah. at their face? Yeah. If I can't smile at them yet, in my heart, I haven't yet fully forgiven. Yeah. Because when we've forgiven, we have no antagonism, no hardness at all. Yeah. So that's the first thing. We must forgive. Trust is earned. Mm -hmm. It is earned. Now, let's look at the life of Joseph. Okay. He had completely forgiven his brothers. Yeah. Totally. Soft as putty, his heart. Yeah. But he didn't yet know if he could trust them. Yeah. Now, when what somebody has done is very serious. Yeah. When what they have done is in any way dangerous, in any way truly harmful we really do need the leading of the holy spirit the wisdom of god yeah now this is the thing wisdom is rooted in faith and love wariness is rooted in fear mm -hmm. fear is when i believe what the devil says yeah faith is when i believe what god says so if ever you're wary you're afraid then that's already the wrong place. Yeah. But if someone's hurt you many times, if they have really wounded you, number one, you need to be healed. Number two, you need to forgive. And then you say, Father, will you give me wisdom? Will you show me if this is a relationship that you want me to step back into? This is the thing. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And the evidence that I trust God is that I will trust people. I've been betrayed so many times yeah. in the most unbelievable ways. Yeah. I mean unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I got healed, forgave, got a bit more healed, a bit more forgiven, a bit more healed. And then I remember a particular day when I was out for a walk and suddenly I heard these words come out of my mouth. I don't want to trust leaders anymore. Yeah. Oh, Lord. I knew immediately what to do. Yeah. I said, God, it hurt. I don't want to be hated anymore. Yeah. I don't want to be accused anymore. I don't want to have people pointing at me. And I cried. I released the pain. I let it go in the presence of the Lord. And within about 20 minutes, I was ready to trust again. Wow. This is the thing. We must be able to trust but God won't ask us to trust everybody. Yeah. And so it's combining healing, forgiveness, and wisdom. Yeah. Every young person out there, oh my goodness, I made sure my daughter, my son, can, every day, Lord, I ask you for wisdom. Wisdom, it says to, in Proverbs, call wisdom your sister. Yes. And understanding your close, intimate friend. Yes. That is one of my confessions. Wisdom, you're my sister. Understanding you're my close, intimate friend. Lord, give me more wisdom. Yes. 
Because you see, if you grow in wisdom, you're going to know whether you can trust or not. Yeah. The Bible says he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Yes. In other words, I'm not going to trust me to know what's right for me. Yeah. I'm going to trust God. Yeah. And you know what? We're all going to get hurt. Yeah. And so we've just got to we've just got to establish that. Mm-hmm. Imperfect humans hurt one another. Yeah. Being hurt is no reason to walk away from someone. Yeah. Being hurt is a reason to be healed. Yes. We only bring a relationship to an end if the Holy Spirit leads us to do that. And, and, and that's a big, big deal because I believe there are people that have not gone to God searching for wisdom and therefore they end a relationship that should have continued or they continued a relationship that should have ended. And that's why healing and forgiveness is non-negotiable, but wisdom is required. Wisdom is not about how much of an intellectual you are, but in reality what it is is how willing are you to the Lord? How open is your ear? How open is your heart to what the Lord is subject to say in guidance? Yeah. It's how guided are you by yeah. God? Yeah. And, and, and that's a great true. definition of wisdom. I think it was Joyce Meyer who said, mm-hmm. Wisdom is the ability to look back in 10 years and say, That was the right thing to do. Yeah. In other words, wisdom is just knowing on the inside, This is the right way to handle it. Yeah. And it's confirmed that sense of peace yeah wow so wisdom always will lead you to a sense of peace Uh, always because i think there's going to be people that are going to be um negative influences in your life and they're going to say why are you going to restore that friendship with that person or why are you going to restore that relationship when in reality god looks at both of you and says perhaps there's more there is more it's not perhaps there is more but yet the people that don't trust in god are ready to say Leave that. Get away from that. Leave that ministry. Leave that those pastors. Leave that guy. Leave them. And, and perhaps there was a mistake that was made, but yet God, the Lord wants to do a restoration. It, it's just so crazy how it works that the moment that we feel from God to restore, so many around us say no. But yet the moment that we want to get away from something, people always look at us and say give it another try. Come on, let it, come on. He's a good guy. They're good. This In reality, we have to trust in the Lord to first heal us, lead us to forgiveness, to forgive other people, but also continue to guide us so that, as you said, our heart will not lie to us as much as before or deceive us as frequently as before. And so that maintenance of keeping your heart truthful and you know to you is submitting it to the lord by you know under that wisdom and so um now when it comes to the heart you know the heart and i love that you said we have to tend to it we have to give it to the lord now what do we do you know i i believe trust ties into a lot of the heart what are some requirements that we have to have in our relationships in order to trust them properly? For example, I look at someone and say, do they love the Lord? Do they actually have the same, you know, heart that I feel that the Lord has? Not my heart, but what the Lord has. You know, do I see Jesus in them? Do I see the goodness of God in them? Do I see mercy in them? What are some qualities that you look at in an individual that makes you say, this is a heart? that I want to have a relationship with. Integrity. Integrity. Is a big one. Define that word for me, please. Integrity is saying what you mean, meaning Meaning what what you you say, say. and making sure that your motives, your words are all aligned. So your motives and your words are aligned. So when you so, so when you say I, you know, I do this because I want the best for you. You actually mean it. You mean it. Instead of actually having some double plan, exactly. some secret agenda. Exactly. So, so having an honest heart. Integrity is honesty. It's yeah. truthfulness. Yeah. It's sincerity. Yeah. You know, the honest truth is we can all spot what's sincere. Yeah. Everyone has that ability to spot something that's authentic. Yeah. If they mean it or not. Yeah. Or if it's real or so, not. So, so integrity is really important integrity integrity are they someone who's truthful do they keep their word responsible are they responsible you know if they say that they're going to be there Mm. are they there 
Yeah. Or would they blow me off for a more fun offer? Yeah. You know, so integrity, definitely. And also, when you see somebody who has consistency, you yeah. know, consistency means that you can rely on them. Yeah. You know, one of my books, 30 Day Detox for Your Soul, yes. I have a day called Friends. Friends, okay. One of the statements I make in that book is every single relationship should fall in one of three brackets. Okay. Either you are helping them. Okay. Number one. Mm -hmm. Two, they are helping you. Mm -hmm. This is really simple stuff. Yes. Or three, you're helping each other. Okay. Now, if no one's getting helped in this relationship. Yeah. It does not take a genius to say, yeah, this one probably isn't God. Yeah, as 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 we say in our culture, we call it toxic now. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Toxic, toxic relationships. Yeah. But even just time wasters or people mm. that distract you. Yeah. Or people that want to pull you in a direction that you know you're not supposed to be going. Yeah. You know, I remember at a stage in in our marriage, there's a a, a man that my husband used to be really close with and he was serving God and they were they were really, really close. Yeah. But then this man backslid and he went away from God and my husband would constantly try and help bring him back and bring him back. But in the end, my husband had to actually just really release that relationship yeah. because he wouldn't be brought back. Yeah. And all he wanted to do was to try in some ridiculous way to pull my husband down. Mm-hmm. And there are times when for us to get to the next level, we need to leave the relationships of the last level behind. Yeah, and, and, and that's a, and that's a great point. Like that, I want to extend on. How do you let go when you, you know, know you something do it? Is yeah, helpful. and I think it's remembering everything we do. We have to walk in love. Yeah, and so when I know that a relationship is changing and that that person is someone I can no longer be in that kind of connection. So this is looking back a long time because I haven't had to do this for a while. But what I'm going to do is things like this. If I used to reply the moment they messaged me, I'd leave it four hours. Yeah. Then I'd leave it 24 hours. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to reject them. Yeah. Because they're people I've invested in. So we've got to to release ourselves slowly. Yeah. Some people do it overnight. No, and then we're going to yeah. reject people. And yeah. We're going to hurt them. And so yeah. unless want, you have to do it overnight for your own salvation. Yeah, if purity, it's to that degree. Yeah. You know, sometimes people have to do that. Yeah. But if you don't have to do that, yeah. then do it gently and kindly. Yeah, gradually. And pray for them. Pray, God, will you just make them fed up of me? Yeah. <laughs> will you make them not like me anymore? You know, if we uh, really have a pure heart, we'll not mind being disliked by people that God is asking us to leave behind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jesus loved everybody. Correct. But he didn't have to be loved by anybody. Mm. Wow. That's a big one there. And we, we've got to be able to be in relationships for divine connection. You know, I call them destiny connectors. Yeah. Okay. The devil will always oppose destiny mm-hmm. connecting relationships. Yeah. He'll always try and make the very people who are going to help you to get where you need to go, he'll make sure those people hurt you. Mm. And the thing is, we all hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. We all do it. We all hurt someone. We all hurt people because we're human. Yeah. And this is it. So we need to protect. We need to know who are these destiny connecting relationships. Yeah. How can I protect those relationships? How can I honor those relationships? Yeah. And then with the other ones, let them go gently. Yeah. And, and, and that's so spot on with how you just described it. You know, it's usually, especially in the world of pastors, kids, you know, when their parents are actually, you know, moving in the will of God, doing things. And usually it's when those pastors, kids say, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm out of here. Goodbye. Peace. You know, and it's like it's through that relationship with their parents that they were actually going to become what the lord wanted them to become and so on and so forth with relationships it's it's insane that you know the worst relationships are the ones that are the most comforting at times they are the ones that you feel you know completely attached to that you don't want to let go but you can tell there's no growth but you can tell there's entertainment there's there's comfort there's um, probably tons and tons of laughter but yet no sense of uh substance in conversation and so you know um 
And then there are the relationships with God where perhaps you're not talking every single second of the day, but when you do talk, it's edifying, it's, it's healing, it's growth. It's, it's something that's very, very needed. And so, um, you know, I love that you were very balanced in your advice about letting go. It must be gradual, gradual, unless completely necessary to let go. And so, um, you know, how does someone end up, you know, other, so would you say that going to God, giving your heart to God and saying, Lord, heal me is a way that you can, can, is that the only way that you can grow in your heart? Is that the only way you can heal in your heart? Um, because I believe there's a lot of people out there that are saying, I want to become more mature. I want to become more wise. I want to become more, but I don't know. I'm just a loving person. I've heard that a lot. I'm just a loving person. I just, I look at anybody and I just want to help them. You know, I, I don't think about if they got a knife or a gun, I just want to hug them. I don't well, think about, you know, you know, there's still this huge amount of lovers out there. And, yeah. you know, um, and this is something I've heard so many times. It's like, wow. Hey, Jesus loved everybody. So let's go ahead. And I go, I feel this is kind of dangerous what we're doing right now. But he said, but what would Jesus do? And I go, well, what would Jesus do? I think he would save Jesus stepped over a cripple Mm -hmm. because he had to. This cripple Mm -hmm. at Lake Beautiful had been there for 38 years. And Jesus worshipped in that temple. Yeah. So Jesus stepped over the very cripple knowing Two of my disciples are going to get them healed yeah. in a few years after I've ascended to heaven. Yeah. You see, Jesus did not help everybody. Yeah. He loved everybody. Yeah. And Jesus said, I only do that which I see the Father doing. Yeah. I mean, how many people were suffering when Jesus was on earth? Yeah, exactly. But he slept at night. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, right. So yeah. I'm not called to help everybody. Yeah. I'm called to do that which the Father calls me to do. This is the thing. If we don't follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, then we can find ourselves in places we were never called to be. Yeah. Very quick example. For a season in my life, God said to me, you have to give up the rest of the world. I've called you in this season only to be in the U.S. and the U.K., and it was the beginning of that season, and I'd heard him say it. And then I got invited to minister in Ireland. Okay. And my husband's Irish. Okay. And I thought, well, I owe them a debt. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> like, I owe them this guy. And, and I just thought, well, Ireland, it's close to the UK. I mean, I just went. Okay. I was exhausted by the end. Yeah. I mean, God moved. He came through. Hearts were healed. Lives were changed. Yeah. By the end of that weekend, I was sucked dry. Oh, wow. Not only that. Yeah. While I was on that trip, my daughter became sick. Oh, wow. She had to go to the hospital. I had to ask one of my team, who's a dear, dear friend. Yeah. She had to go to my home because my husband was out ministering somewhere else. Wow. Take my daughter to the hospital. I come home from that trip exhausted. Said you were outside of my will. Wow. Did I help them? Yes. Yeah. Was I doing what the Lord asked me to do? Yeah. No. You overstepped your boundaries. I overstepped my boundaries. It, I have not done that it, ever yeah. again since. Wow. And so, you know, I think God, you know, the assignments that God has given us have boundaries. Oh my goodness. Like, I mean, God keeps the number of times the Lord says to me, Joe, stay in your lane. I used to do a lot of radio in the UK. I used to have a monthly radio show, Christian radio show. And sometimes a presenter before we went live would say, oh, there's this new thing just gone through UK government. Can we talk about this? Can we talk about that? And I always said, do not ask me a question outside of my calling. Because I cannot on national radio talk to you about the role of women in ministry. I cannot on national radio talk to you about sexuality Mm -hmm. and the laws going through Parliament. I cannot talk to you about things outside of my calling. Yeah. Inside my church, where I'm called to raise up people and teach them and train them, I'll talk about anything. Yeah. But you see, we've got to stay in our lane because if we... Creep out of our lane, that's when we get hit by an oncoming car. Yeah. Yeah. 
The safest place that you can be is in the center of the call of God on your life. Wow. Is within the assignment. I was safer in Pakistan, met at immigration by a man with a machine gun mm -hmm. who didn't leave my side the whole trip. Yeah. And every now and then he'd turn around and he'd be like, because they were calling everyone's sister and brother there. So Sister Joe, and he turns around and he's pointing yeah. a gun. Will you pray? And I'm like, if you turn that gun away from me, then yes, I'll pray for you. <laughs> but you see, I was safer yeah. in there. Two weeks after I left, a bomb went off in that very church. Oh, wow. But I was safer in the center of God's will than if I'd stayed home. Yeah. Yeah. So stay in your assignment. Yeah. And don't veer from it. Love everybody. Yeah. But don't try and help everybody. Yeah, don't try to be, don't try to get involved in a more profound way than you should. Know the measure of how much your involvement should be in each person's individual life. You know, some are very congregational. You know, the Lord will not take you further than the altar and them in the audience. And then there are other people that you'll have a more personal you know, public conversation. And then there's other moments that are, the Lord will lead you to have a private, you know, relationship with someone and so on and so forth. And, you know, I think that's something that we don't hear enough because I feel that as soon as we meet Jesus, we feel this concept of, I must go everywhere, pray for everyone, be with everyone, do this for everyone. When, you know, the Lord knows where he can put you and the Lord knows where you work best, especially in the time that you're in right now in the season that you might be in, because perhaps we're not ready for certain things yet. And so um, to wrap up this podcast, uh, ended up in a little bit more of a, you know, note of advice for people, because, you know, when it comes to the heart, um, I feel like we talk about a lot of friendships. We talk about a lot of uh, relationships, but we don't get too deep in what is you know, love relationships, you know, spouses, boyfriends, girlfriends. And I want to end it off right here. These guys are like nodding their head at me right now. And they're, yeah. So, um, you know, you can discern them, Prophet Joe. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know if you want to prophesy where their wives are, please, uh. <laughs> um, it would help us, you know. But um, uh, the truth is, is that, um, you know, your your story, it, it, it was that a few hours ago we talked about it, which was hilarious to me. I found it very funny. Um, and you know, some people are saying, where is my spouse? Where is this? Where is that? And instead of, you know, the Lord giving an exact GPS location, the Lord gives other indicators of that. What would those be? Well, to get a bit practical first, yeah, you know, I think we can't be in our bedrooms on our knees praying 24 7 uh -huh. and saying lord will you send my spouse yeah i think a lot because of people they're are not gonna kind of you know come in like spider-man or spider-woman through the window okay so so we have got to be serving yeah. we have got to be in church so get out there get out there get to <laughs> conferences meet people <laughs> yeah. be friendly oh uh, yeah. oh my goodness how many and and a word for the women okay don't be so strong that you're off-putting. Okay. Don't be so like, I've got it all together, mm. that I'm unapproachable. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> be friendly, <laughs> make friends. Yeah. Get to know as many people as possible who love God and serve him. And the other thing, you know, if you want to know whether someone's heart is true, get to know their friends. Mm. Because this guy or this girl may be able to give you the impression, oh, I'm so in love with Jesus. Oh, my goodness, I love you, Lord. Yeah. You say to her, I'd love to meet your friends. Mm, yeah. Introduce me to your girlfriends. Yeah. And then you look at the, the lives they live. You're like, okay, oh, I got it. And, and, and I'll pause you real quick for this one. A little, <laughs> little pause right here. But, you know, um, a lot of people say, you know, there's been people that get a little bit defensive and they say, my friends are not a reflection of who I am. You know, I just, I still hang out with these people that don't love God. They're all there, but I love God. Isn't that enough? You see, the Bible says that he who hangs around with the wise will become wise. Yeah. But it says that he who hangs around with fools will be destroyed. Be destroyed, yeah. It goes straight Even into that. Even if. They do, you know, they're, they're wanting to have a good heart. Yeah. They're 
going against what the Bible says. You know, we need to reach out and love and be kind and win people. But I can't allow those who aren't walking with Jesus to be my influencers, the one who is influencing yeah. me. I can't spend lots of my time yeah. with people. 100%. So, so look at their friends. Be friendly. Be friendly. Get out there. Get out there. Serve. Serve. Be kind. Yeah, because some people think getting out there is just showing up to a church, no, you know, it is and, not. And, Serve. and then or sending a DM, you know, to like join a team. Serve. Yeah, be part you of. You know, something. if there if there are things even with if the church does something united with a couple of other churches, you know, yeah. get there. Yeah. You know, just meet other people. Yeah. Be part of what God's doing. And and, and and now here's the thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, you're the one that's married, not me. So um, I believe, you know, kind of in the same sense, we talked about, you know, we in a, in a different topic, we talked about, you know, the purpose of God, the journey, the process. And you told me, enjoy the process. Enjoy the journey not so focused on the destination and you know that you are truly enjoying the process where you're not so focused on the destination. You're not so obsessed with getting there. Right. And so, um, I would say, could it be that the same application can, the same thing can be applied to searching for a relationship to not be the guy that's looking at every girl as a candidate, uh, every girl looks at every guy as a candidate that, oh, he's handsome. Oh, she's beautiful. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps just learn how to, number one, have your relationship with God. Be good with God. Be confident in yourself and God and see where, you know, Absolutely. the opportunity and the door finally comes. Because I think in actuality, we start doing more harm to ourselves than good by looking at every single attractive person as a candidate. We obsess and it's exhausting. Yeah, it, it, it can be exhausting. Paul the Apostle said these words, mm -hmm. and I love it. And yeah. it's all about the journey. Yeah. He said, I have learned the secret of being content. Mm. Yeah. When I'm abounding, when I've got everything, when I've got nothing. Yeah. So I've yes. learned. In other words, learning to be content yeah. is so important. Yeah. You know, so many people think, I want to find that one and then I'll be happy. Yeah. Meeting the right one will never make you happy. Yeah. It will amplify who you are. It will reveal and expose where you are. So we need to reach the place of contentment yeah. so that we're ready for marriage. Yeah. And, and what is that contentment in singlehood? What, what, what would you describe an individual that is content? Well, the word content means happy. Yeah. It means fulfilled. Yeah. So contentment is reaching that place where we're not desperate yeah. to find that one. Yeah. Instead... We are passionately pursuing Jesus and saying, Lord, I want the one you've got for me. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be friendly. I'm going to be doing what I need to do to be out there. Yeah. But Lord, I'm passionately pursuing you and your purpose for my life. And Lord, at the right time, let our paths cross. Mm -hmm. And it's taking our focus off, finding our spouse. Yeah. Because it's exhausting. Yeah, we're like looking like, yeah. And instead saying, Lord God, show me when I find her. Yeah. I remember our head of worship and she single, waiting for the right one. And one day she's leading worship and we have a visitor in the church. And this is the way she described it. And she's in the middle of leading worship. And literally suddenly in the spirit, she saw a spotlight shine <laughs> on this guy and she's like whoa and afterwards he walks up to her and says hello can I introduce myself I'm Ralph oh, ah. now the thing is she'd been given a word okay you're gonna marry a man and he's gonna be a son in the house he's gonna be a pillar in this place and she's thinking how can this all make sense She's already like our head of worship. Mm, people that and are now already he deep walks in. in. Mm -hmm. But you know, within 
two years of walking in, he's, he's, he's already in leadership. Oh, wow. And during the pandemic, we anointed him as an associate pastor in the house. Wow. He's a pastor now. And talk about being a son. You see, sometimes things don't make sense. You think a son of the house means he's grown up here. Yeah. Or he's, oh, oh my goodness, he's my son. Yeah. <laughs> but he's only been a part of our ministry for however many years. Wow. Wow, wow. So we just need to trust God enough to know that the same verse, that's the same Bible that said he's going to come from Nazareth, mm-hmm. said he's going to come from Beth- Bethlehem, said he's going to be a Galilean. And everyone's going, what? Yeah. None of it could make sense. Yeah. But Jesus fulfilled it all. Yep. Exactly. And you know what? Destiny relationships. Marriage is truly made in heaven. Yes. They're a destiny thing. And you're going to meet that woman. You're going to meet that woman. And (laughs) on the inside, you're going to know, oh, my goodness. I, I found, yeah, I found somebody. I found my soulmate. Honestly, it sounds like a cliche. Yeah, but it's exactly what it's right. Doesn't mean it's all going to be a bed of roses. Yeah, no, because iron sharpens iron. But no. you're going to know that you know that you know. Yeah, and and before we go, uh, when you wrap it up. What, what's our time on this? <laughs> Forty-five. All right, we're we're almost done. But yeah, um, what what did you feel when you met your husband? What was you know that feeling that you felt? Because you know every human being is imperfect, but you know the moment you met him, do you think if you would have gone just to another city, another town, you could have forgotten about him, or he just would have stayed on your mind? Was it something that you really felt like from God? Well, like, wow. Let me tell you the order of how it happened. With All him. right. When I first met him, yeah. I was just like magnetically drawn to him. Yeah. I didn't fancy him. Yeah. I hadn't even, I mean, he, he wasn't bad looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I certainly didn't like his haircut back then. Yeah. So, but I was just drawn to him. Yeah. Describe that feeling. What do you mean by drawn? Like. It was like, oh my goodness. There's something about this like, man. Like something meaningful. Something special. on the inside of me was yeah. saying something about this man. Yeah. Who is he? Yeah. Like, who, where did he come from? Like yeah. he, he, he just suddenly appeared from nowhere. Like yeah. there was something about this man. So that's how it started. I was yeah. just drawn. Yeah. Then we start going on dates. Yeah. And we would go for lunch, we'd go for coffees. And and so first I'm just drawn. And then suddenly we're having a meal. And I'm looking across the table. And suddenly I realized, oh my goodness, I love this man. <laughs> and I'm sitting there looking him in the eyes. And I'm thinking, I love you, Paul Norton. I'm not saying it, I assure you, don't worry, I'm not that mad. <laughs> thinking, oh my goodness, I love you. And I'm just blown away. Yeah. And then, after all that, I start to think, hey, he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's in that order. That's so funny. And, and, and now here's the thing. How would you know it was love when it wasn't um, like uh, an emotional attachment or some sort of like, oh, you know, he makes me he, he makes me feel full and happy in, in ways other people can't. Was it, was it that simple or was it really like, Wow, I really feel something deeper Being here. Being with him felt like my first ever experience of my life unwinding, of feeling like... Yeah. <sighs> you can finally be you. I can just be me. He didn't want to talk about himself, although he talked. Yeah. He had this interest in me. Yeah. He was just so... He was just so, I don't very often get lost for words. Yeah. <laughs> but in that moment, it was like, you make me feel like I can be me. Yeah, that, and, and it's a good thing that you don't have the perfect words to describe it. Because it's usually that feeling yeah. where you look at someone and you tell, and, and you finally feel like, wow, I feel fully loved by you and understood by you. You know, I think as a attractive young woman or or attractive man you can feel desired by many but there's that moment you look at someone and you can tell wait a minute 
this isn't just pure desire. There's a genuine, bountiful amount of embrace, acceptance. Oh, yeah. And already a predetermined commitment that I see in this person's heart to really that they don't even know my mess yet. They don't even know the full journey that God has for me yet. But I already feel that they're ready to say yes to it all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I felt that with him. And, yeah. um, and he, he sped things up a little. Guys, this is worth knowing. Oh, yeah. So so he's feeling, oh my goodness, you know, this is the one. And yeah. then he's spotting some other guys. And he's oh. like, they were like flies, you know, oh. around the light. Okay. And so he's like, okay, Lord, we're going to speed it up a yeah, little. We've got to seal the deal. And so he kind of just <laughs> went straight for the... Yeah, so I, I shared earlier with wow, you. So yeah. he, he didn't say, will you be my girlfriend? He didn't say, you know, can oh, that's we? So crazy. He, he <laughs> took me by the hand and he said, I love you with all of my heart. I love you. Yeah, and yeah. I love the question he has after. Yeah. He too. said, did I mess up? <laughs> uh, and you said. I said, no. Oh, that's that's yeah. beautiful. That's yeah. wonderful. And, you know, I believe that's how our relationship with God is. He approaches us and he loves us. And we, and we can tell it's a love that doesn't come from earth. It's a love that, wow, you're, you're willing. You're willing to be with me. And I want to be with you. And I think that's when people, when they finally can see that through someone else, I think that's when they finally know this is what I want in marriage. Not what I want in a person. Not what I want, but this is what I want in if I want to be with someone every day and night, it's going to be someone like you that I know is going to stick around through it all. Yeah. So, wow. Thank you so much, Prophet Joe, for teaching us and leading us and showing us so much. We are just so grateful. Let's give it up uh, one more time for her. It's, it's my pleasure. It's oh wonderful. Oh, my goodness. Such a joy.